it off of the safety there and try to get something into the end zone. That's another rookie, Xavier Woods. This one, Adams, touchdown! Welcome once again to the Irish NFL Podcast, brought to you in association with the 42.ie. You just heard kicking us off today, the heartbreak at Jerry's house, the final touchdown, the amazing comeback win in the fourth quarter by the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Devontae Adams receiving the ball there on the throw by the second best quarterback to ever wear number 12, Aaron Rodgers. I'm Mark, uh, a fan of the intriguing New England Patriots this year, and I'm joined as always by Brian, an inconsolable fan of the New York Giants. Good afternoon, Mark. Good afternoon, Brian. And Gordon Bridgefield, a fan of the inconsistent Pittsburgh Steelers. Mark, how are you getting on? Not too bad, Gordon. Not too bad. You can follow us on Twitter at IrishNFLPod, and please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud to hear our past episodes, and so you don't miss them as they come out each week. Gents, not as great a week as the drama-filled week last week, but several good and tight games and some uh, interesting breakouts. Should we start with the best of the bunch? Start with the cream of the crop. Packers at Cowboys, 35-31 victory by the Packers. This was the playoff gun, the game done again. Prescott was great. Rodgers was greater. You know, twice the Cowboys have scored more than 30 points at home, and it hasn't been enough. Honestly, I felt it was the best game of the season so far. Less sloppy, great play both sides. But 31-28 down, 1-13 to go. And Aaron Rodgers, as Salt and Pepper used to say, what a man, what a man, what a mighty, mighty good man. Yeah, it was a fantastic game. It was, as you said, it wasn't too dissimilar to last year's playoff game. 24-31 uh, in the playoff game, 25-31 last weekend. Um, you had a game, they were back and forth all game. It was very similar to that playoff game. The Cowboys jumped out with an early lead, similar la- dissimilar to last year's one where the Packers jumped out to an early lead. And uh, the Cowboys came roaring back in that game. The Packers came roaring back last weekend. I honestly thought the Cowboys were, were going to pull it off the end. Um, I was a bit surprised by the play calling in the sense that they took the touchdown with a minute to go. Having been given an opportunity to win the game, I, you know, I thought they wanted to learn from the playoff game last year where you give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers with a minute left. And last year's game, Rodgers again drove him down the field. He scored the field goal. He drove him, drove, as you said, in one minute 13. He did it with him one minute two. Yeah. And uh, it's just a heartbreaker for the Cowboys. Um, you're just thinking at the time, they're running the ball at the time. They're using the clock right. And then Prescott runs in the touchdown. And I just honestly thought, bearing in mind last year's game, why didn't they not just jump uh, on the one? Oh, come on. You've, you've got to be a bit careful. They needed the touchdown. Otherwise, they wouldn't go in the lead. And they had run eight minutes, 43 off the clock. True, so but I, a bit I, tough. True, but I was thinking, you lose the game more so than letting Aaron Rodgers win the game. So if you go down at the one and you let the clock take down, you have four opportunities. Bear in mind, they believe they have the best NFL running back in the league in, in Zeke there to push well, it they in. They won't have for six more weeks well, they now. They now for <laughs> six weeks. Um, and that's a, that's a killer blow. Bear in mind, they're two and three in a division where the Eagles are pre- uh, pressing on. Um, it's a heartbreaker for them. Um, it's just a very strange. I actually thought as well during the game, their secondary was getting greatly exposed. And then I looked in the other games during the day. Morris Claiborne for the Jets was at the Cowboys last year. A big interception for the Jets. Barry George, a big interception for the Jags. Brought as it we back. said, too many rookies. Too many rookies. Yeah. Gordo, so how did you find it? Prescott stepped up to the mark again? Yeah, I just feel sorry for the Cowboys. They're not having any luck this year. Um, you know, what? Sorry? Just, just everything that's happening off the field. You know, Zeke Elliott, like the six, that's the killer for them now. We all said how important he is. When he came back, they started winning games, and now he's gone for six weeks. Yeah, it's just—it's an absolute killer for them. Um, 
like you know sitting at two and three like what does this do to their chances moving forward it, it makes things a lot harder for the Cowboys uh, and I think Dak Prescott has had games where he shows the glimpse of what he did last season but then there's other times where he's kind of showing that he is you know it is what a second year and he is kind of getting yeah. well I mean Prescott threw an interception return for six in the fourth quarter but then he led that long drive which put them up I mean yeah. I, I think he still looks class just to catch up for anybody who hasn't heard the Elliott news necessarily, uh, the Federal Appeals Court overturned the Texas District Court injunction, uh, which said that he could not be suspended. They said they didn't have necessary jurisdiction. So the six-game ban comes back in automatically. The Cowboys do have a buy this week, so they've eight days to maybe get it, uh, a filing in and get another injunction, the six but it's games, not looking good. Six games are 49ers, Redskins, divisional game, very tough. Chiefs, 5-0, and very tough. Falcons, Super Bowl yeah. last year, very tough. Eagles, very tough. Chargers will always give you a game. And the two most punishing those are the two big divisional games. Yeah, I think with the Packers, is there anything Aaron Rodgers can't do? You know, um, He really is the leader of this team. And with him on the team, the Packers can... You can see them going the whole way. Uh, but uh, Absolutely. I mean, I had them in the pick to get mm -hmm. to the Super Bowl this year. Just going to remind you mm -hmm. guys of that one and everything. And, and maybe, as I said at the start of the season, maybe this year Aaron Rodgers gets two Super Bowl rings, just like Jimmy Garoppolo. But he <laughs> <laughs> the secondary for the Packers again was was badly exposed at certain mm. times during the game. So I, as much as we're praising Rodgers, we have to bear in mind there's players. But on off on offense, they're scoring, um, and and it, Aaron Rodgers has a lot more receiving options than he did last year. Randall Cobb obviously had quite a few injuries last year. He's back this year. He's playing decent enough football, and you've got Nelson again, who is his number one go to guy. Yeah. Um, so I think when he has those options to throw to, it makes a massive difference for Rodgers. Um, but again, you he's re you're relying on Green Bay's outscoring. Their yeah. defense. That's that's, that's the issue. Forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That will catch yeah. you at some and stage. This weekend against a very good Vikings defense, it'll be interesting to see how if they can put up those type of numbers. Yeah, yeah. Martellus Bennett came through with a great catch from him in the game yeah. as well. It was another great receiving but threat. And actually, the, the other tight end they brought in from the Rams, Hendrick, is actually the guy who's kind of pushed on more so mm -hmm. than Bennett. Did, did you see? You, obviously, we've all seen Bennett's uh, catch. It was um, yeah, <laughs> a big man trying to jump. Yeah. <laughs> it would have looked. If you could imagine Des Bryant doing it, and or Beckham. And it would have looked, you know, magical. And <laughs> you see Bennett, he can barely get off the ground. But yeah. it was a great catch all the same. But just a big lad trying to get out uh, up in the air. Roger um, said, I'm, su I'm surprised Marty could get down there. Oh. <laughs> well, you can see he was struggling. He was yeah. struggling. But yeah. It was a great game. Yeah. Fantastic it was, game. It was a good game. Enjoyable yeah. game. I, I mean, I, I said it. Best game of the season? Without a doubt. Best game since the best game Who? of last year. Which was the Super Bowl. No, no, it was which the Super Bowl. It was the no. Super Bowl, Brian. In your eyes, Mark. It was still the Super Bowl. Oh, well, I disagree with you there. <laughs> right, we will move on. Um, going back, as I say, through the run back down last week, we'll start back at Thursday night's game. Patriots at Buccaneers. 19-14 uh, in favour of the Pats. Ill-disciplined by them. They need a few wins to come together. Winston gave him a lot of help because he missed wide open receivers and it was a typical kind of sloppy Thursday night game. Um, I did, as a Pats fan, want to scream at the refs to understand what the rule on intentional grounding is when they should have had a safety in the fourth quarter. But the story of the game was much more about where Nick Folk might kick it next. Uh, after the cutting of Aguero, they've now also cut Nick Folk. And from an Irish perspective, guys, Patrick Murray is now the kicker of the Bucks. Last kicked them in 2014. And his dad played for Monaghan. So we're going to see how bit, he does. Bit of for the GA, bit of J in uh, in the NFL. It's a nice one to see. Absolutely, um, he was with the Bucks previously. I think twenty fourteen, yeah, fifteen, yeah. yeah, and then, then he went on IR. Well, he, yeah, he, he I think he tore his ACL, and then that's when they drafted um, the poor lad, Aguayo. Aguayo. and um, yeah, so he was, and apparently he was a decent kicker. I, I was looking at some of the stats; I can't remember them, but his percentage completion was quite decent when he played for the Bucks, and he had, and, and I think on long kicks as well, fifty yards and longer, 
he was excellent. That's what I was going to say. His long kicking was exceptional. In so terms again, of. hopefully now, well, hopefully it'll tidy some things up for the Bucks. I think last week in the picks, I went for the Bucks in this game. I thought this could have been the one that they could have overthrown the the Patriots, but it has shown the deficiencies that the Patriots have, like to come to scrape through that game yeah. uh, against uh, the Bucks. Who I'm I'm calling the Bucks a hard knocks curse or something because, like what what we saw in them in that TV show, they looked like they could potentially like you know win a lot of games this year and now a lot of off-field stuff has happened in the community etc but to be two and two at this stage and just Winston just doesn't seem to be maybe he's better on camera for the for the interviews <laughs> and the motivational <laughs> stuff than he is on the pitch because he's lacking something there yeah he had a rough game the week before uh Pat's defense did improve and were very good on third down yeah I agree um, with that. but uh yeah it, it was tighter it sounds tighter than it was because there was a little bit of messing about in the fourth quarter but you're, you're right he isn't quite clicking there no. Doug Martin came back and looked like he'd just come back yeah. um, and he, uh, as I say he missed wide open receivers he could have caused us uh, a lot more pain um, I, I, think, I, think, they're I think they're close enough it's one of those offences where if they get it right they'll get it re- they will get it oh they have they, they have all the weapons yeah. it's just whether or not because we, we I think we went through it like their receiving core is unbelievable yeah. but they're just not clicking at the moment yeah. and that's the biggest issue if they start clicking like they could be putting 30, 40 points a game on your teams every game. But they need to click quickly with the Panthers and the Falcons and indeed the Saints who you can't rule out in that division. And I think their defense as well, a lot was expected of them and I think they only had the fourth sack of the season in the game last they, week. They did, yeah, yeah. Brady got sacked three times which their yeah. first three sacks yeah, are, or, or no, sorry, they had one before that but okay. it was pretty pretty poor um, yeah. which goes to show how bad the Pats offensive line is. Anyway, right. moving away from the Pats to another team in the AFC East who have been one of the surprises to start off with the Buffalo Bills were going away to the Cincinnati Bengals and ultimately went down 2016. Um, bit of a letdown game for the Bills. The Bengals certainly have a bit new life. Uh, but for me, guys, this was the AJ Green game. I mean, not not only did AJ Green be, not only was AJ Green the best player for Cincinnati with seven catches for 189 yards and a touchdown, he was the best player for Buffalo because he gave them two interceptions yeah. and a fumble. <laughs> Yeah, it, I suppose me and Gordon called it this one last week as a Bengals win, and we saw it as possibly a letdown game for the Bills. I but was going with the reverse curse. Yeah, but you're right about AJ Green. <coughs> it was it was funny. He had a 77 yard touchdown, and then he had a 47 yard reception, which led to the, the Mixon touchdown. And yeah, said they only scored two field goals after that. So there was a number of drops as well. So he gave two interceptions away. But <coughs> overall, the Bengals' offense was a lot more consistent, and we saw that in the Packers game. Yes, and they started to click a little, particularly in the first quarter of that game. And since then, they really, they're stepping up. And then, obviously, they had a great, great game against the Browns last week. So they seem to have turned the corner since they made the changes on, on in terms of the on the coaching side of things. Um, it was a very good win. And but the weather didn't help. It was a very poor game. Mm. And uh, but again, big win for the for the, the Bengals. Good out the Bills back to three and two, but still up there. Is the pumpkin bursting a little? Uh, well, I think we all realise that their defense is what they're relying on really, really heavily. As in, I think McDermott has come out and said that numerous times. Is it? less turnovers etc so their offense has never been we've never been in here saying their offense is amazing it's always been their defense that's leading them as a team but it's just the Bengals I just can't get over the transformation to lose your first three games and to now be on a two winning a two game winning streak it's just like a complete shift from where they were in game one and two to where they are now um, yeah. So, but again, it kind of makes me question: it was it really all just about the offensive coordinator? Yeah, the, well, I mean, Bill Lazor's appointment. There you go. That's that's uh, <laughs> it's it's a str- like how how does a team change? Like it feels like what we've just said about Tampa, something clicked. Maybe it was just the offensive coordinator just wasn't working, and there's something happening there. It's but probably a disgruntlement as well. Yeah, cause yeah. It, it's just a weird one because AJ Green is now coming up playing again like the wide receiver that everyone regards him as. 
But I suppose this is a contract year as well. No, it's not a contract year for AJ Green, is it? No, I don't believe it is. Uh, no, no, because he had an extension with the Bengals. Because he had an extension with the Bengals. Yeah. yeah so. But but actually, um, when uh, we saw them on Thursday Night Football a few weeks ago, they were playing the Texans, and the only decent thing they did in the entire game was a long bomb by Dalton to Green when he was triple covered, and yeah. AJ Green yeah. came down with the ball. Having watched the Bills game, it's almost the case of okay, we're just going to decide, lads. We might hand it off to Mixon the odd time, but other than that, just throw it to AJ and see what he does. Mm. <laughs> I, st- I still don't think this takes away from where Marvin Lewis is because in the offseason we were surprised he was still the head coach and okay they made a change in offense and they won a couple of games but I still feel that he's under he's on the hot seat yeah, yeah. No, he hasn't he hasn't broken through in any way yeah. shape or form yeah. so we will see what happens in the offseason yeah anyway um, Gordo knock knock who's there Owen Owen who Owen 5 it must be time <laughs> to talk about the Browns <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Jets at the Browns, 17-14 in favour of the Jets. Yeah, look, it's I I I think I've not given up now even trying to oh. positivity towards the Browns when you bench uh Deshaun Kaiser just um yeah, look, against the Jets I thought this could be an opportunity for him to get a win. Um it started well. Miles Garrett came in and straight away sack on a quarterback. On his first NFL snap. For, first, yeah, for, I think it was the first snap of the game. No, no, was third down. It was third his down, first snap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, the Jets are three and two. I think if any of us had said after five games, where would we see the Jets? Nobody would have given them. No. Maybe we would have given them one win. I don't think anybody here would have given them three wins. So to be where they are now, uh, Todd Bowles, if he gets another good result this weekend or even if he gets a result within the next two games, that's his job secure for the future. Um, the Browns, it's interesting that they've benched Deshaun Kaiser. Um, I, I, it just it's I think they realised that maybe they brought him out too early. I thought he looked good in the first two games, but you can see then he is lack his his mechanics aren't there and he's not ready. Um, so yeah, it's kind of come to a trump now where they have to bench him and let him watch now. But bench him now rather than watch him get humiliated for another few games. Okay, I, I just thought it's we've had a conversation about how great a uh, job the front office has done, the money ball, getting all the drafts, but. There's two drafts gone by, and, and they've passed on Carson Wentz, and they've passed on Deshaun Watson. Yeah, they've gone with Deshaun Kaiser this year, and he's already unfortunately out, out of out of team. We believed it was probably a little bit too early for him, but um, I still question those decisions not to take Wentz, not to take Deshaun Watson. Well, d- and we all keep saying they're, they're doing, doing a great job, job again. Yeah. All the picks, you still got to make the right picks. Yeah, and that's but Deshaun Deshaun Watson, we like he came from um, a spread offense in college football. So, again, nobody knows how good college quarterbacks are when they come from a spread offense because you have to go in and play in the pros. So, it's all well and good. People might have said Sean Watson has the potential, but the Texans still took a chance. So, I, I don't think you can just say they pass on Sean Watson just because he's had a couple of good games. Kaiser could turn out to be a very good quarterback. Just you got to realize when you go to the Browns, it's not like going to the Texans where you have an all-star defense. And he defense was drafted in the fifth round. I yeah. I mean, well, you know, uh, yeah. unless... But I do think they've picked up some good um, players like Ndoke at tight end is looking like a good good tight end. Well, you just, you list the other shows and you hear Brown songs ringing in and they're saying, sick of losing. Sick of yeah. seeing other players that we should have had selected. Factory of sadness. And, and sorry, let's, I mean, let's... Hindsight, pa- pile hind- on. Hindsight's a great thing when it comes to draft picks. Well, well, it is, but I mean, you, you want them to hit at some point, and particularly the quarterback position. I actually thought Kevin Hogan looked good. Though. Yeah. I mean, he's not he's not the most experienced, but he did actually look like a functioning NFL quarterback. Kaiser was sunk by the two turnovers in the red zone in the first half, which kind of showed you how it was going. I'm looking for positives. The only positive I can say is, this game featured the first time this season that the Browns have actually led a game, yeah. <laughs> um, even though it didn't last very long. Uh, but for me, it was also about Josh McCown. Bear in mind, he's come back to haunt 
the Browns. Yeah, true, yeah. You know, it's like something out of Poe, the Telltale Heart, coming back to beat a, and scare you. Um, Jets, three-game winning streak. Yeah. It's ending this weekend. It has to end this weekend because they're playing the Pats. But yeah, I think it, I just, well, if it doesn't work, we're going to have the best podcast ever next I week. I think you're going to enjoy it immensely. Right? So on, on the Browns, one player that we touched on in the preseason um, was Duke Johnson, who we mentioned. Yeah, he's very good. And he's playing really well this year. Yeah. Um, obviously, more is what we said, which was going to be a receiving running back. But he is himself in Doke. They have some seriously good players there that are growing. But the unfortunate thing is, if you don't have a quarterback, we've said this numerous times. So, but yeah, there's there are positives. But again, I, I, yeah. every week I point that there's positives. But I think my um yeah my will to live with the Browns is uh, dwindling every week when G- I see the Gordo results. is expecting them to go seven and four for the rest of the season now. Yeah. So we'll, we'll keep a track on that one. Thanks, Mark. Panthers at Lions, 27-24 in favour of the Panthers. Um, two cats roaring, which was going to be the Thundercat, which was going to be the Kitty Cat. Lions went down, ultimately 27-10. Too much even for Matthew Stafford to climb out of in the fourth quarter. And um, very interestingly, Panthers lost Greg Olson for the season. And it was like, oh my Lord, that's Ed Dixon's music. Five catches for 175 yards in one of the most unexpected breakouts of the year. Yeah, I suppose the Lions now have lost two high-scoring games at home. I suppose it's come to, come, just come to expect now that the Lions will always be in a high-scoring game, particularly when they're at home. They lost the first game to the Falcons, and then they lost to the Panthers last weekend. Yeah, I think you touched on the mark. They gave themselves too much to do. We were so used to them coming back in the fourth quarter and you know pulling them out of the bag. And they, to, to an extent, they, certain, they nearly did it. They, they got back from 27-10 to 27-24, but they just didn't have enough in the end. Stafford did have a very good game. Two touchdowns, 229, and Cam... Three touchdowns, 325. So two good quarterbacks, two good teams. Um, I don't think this will diminish the Lions in terms of going for the playoffs. I just felt they came up against a really good team. Well, you, would you say that? They could both be competitors for a wild card spot. So it could it matter in the ultimate Well, the tiebreakers. The tiebreakers, tie yeah. Tie yeah. I wasn't surprised. It was one of those games you, you didn't know how to call it, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I went for the Lions on this game. And again, I think my reasoning behind it was all the off-field stuff with Cam Newton and his sexist remarks that happened, which again, he has been punished for, which is... Like, you know, it's a bit disappointing it's striked on and I think now people are brushing over it. And I think it was if it was any other sort of incident it wouldn't be brushed over as it has been. He came um, out with a statement, but that was that was quickly after he lost one of his sponsorship deals. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, it was just a tight game. Um and you kinda come to expect that from the Lions uh, at this stage. They rarely are in blowout games lately. Um they seem to be very, very close quarter games, but yeah, Panthers are doing well, four and two at the moment, so yeah. I I, I didn't see it coming. I thought Lions might have this game, but yeah. Yeah, they kicked on. They kicked on. Um, 49ers at the Colts. This went to overtime, 26-23 in favour of the Colts. Second overtime loss back-to-back for the 49ers. Um, The Colts were busy honouring Peyton Manning, which was delightful to see. Um, But um, two breakout guys I want to give attention to. There's not much to say about the game. I mean, these teams aren't going to be doing anything exciting. I still maintain, although Brian's going to disagree. Marlon Mack was a bit of a breakout for the Colts at running back, though. Average 10 yards a carry and probably is going to take a lot of Frank Gore's carries. And Greg Kittle, a tight end for the 49ers. Uh, Name to watch out for. Look, very impressive. Couple of really tough catches. So um, very interesting, tight game. Gordo? I thought this was going to be the 49ers' first win. Um, and I, I had picked them, unfortunately. Yeah, I picked them as well. But again, like no, but we, none of us said we were going to expect much from the 49ers this year. It is a couple-of-year plan um, that, they, that they have in San Francisco. But uh, to pull the Colts to overtime, it was a good game for them. Um, I thought the Colts, again, without their star quarterback, they've struggled. Uh, and to struggle against the 49ers... 
it's not a good indication for the rest of your season. There wasn't much to say about it. It was just good to see the 49ers actually pull a game close. Yeah, yeah. Second week in a row, but just yeah. not enough. Just not I, enough. I think we have to give credit to, 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 Ballard, to Ballard, the general manager, and even Chuck Buchanan, because a lot of people had written off the coast this season, but they went out and made that trade to get... No, 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 no. Let's be clear. The Patriots phoned the Colts to make the trade looking for Dorsett. Pagano was going to sit for the season with Scott Tolzian. Pagano and Ballard deserve to be dragged under a bush well, and kicked well, in the <laughs> Whatever, way, whatever way you want to look at it, Mark, the reality is they've never won two games more than you said they would win. Okay. No, no, I said, I said they no, wouldn't you, win you, more you than six. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I did. I did. Yeah. Sorry. I said you that said they wouldn't week, win. You said last they week. They wouldn't you, win while they yeah. didn't have Andrew Luck. You're yeah, absolutely right. You said last right. week, long wolf away, you'll be wrong. But I wasn't. The Colts won. So <laughs> that's two wins. Look, they're two and three. They've won another tight game. Uh, Luck is back next week. That's been confirmed. He'll be back for the Jags game next week in the division. So yeah, at least they'll get one game out of them this year. You know? two and three, uh, they could win this weekend, depending if Mariota plays or not against the Titans. They're in the mix in the division. And if Luck comes back, they do have weapons that... I was I was going to loop around to this later on, actually, but I might as well raise it now because you make, mentioned, make the point that they're in the mix. You know, Titans have lost Mariota. Texans have lost Watt and Merciless for the season and now are probably going to have to do an offense rather than defense. The Jags, you know, haven't been losing games. AFC South could actually be the tightest division of all. And I, I grant you, the Colts aren't completely out of it. I mean, have your minds changed? Who have you got now as favourite for the AFC South? I don't know. who. I still think the Colts are going to win the division. Fair enough. Because I believe the... I think the top process was let's just keep ourselves competitive, keep ourselves yep. within a game or two. It's, it's worked out even better for them. They're only one game yeah. behind. And if Luck comes back, let's be honest, as you said, it's very early on in the season. He's a standout quarterback in that division. Well, I mean, I'm going to stay with my original season pick, which was the Texans to win the division. Brian actually picked the Titans, but we'll let him change yeah. anyway. Okay, fair enough. Well, changes all the, all the yeah, time. Exactly. That's okay. <laughs> Look, I had the Titans for this, though. Um, but again, it comes down to Mariota. Depends on how serious the injury is. Because I still think that the out of all those teams there, the Texans, Jags, Titans and Colts, the Titans have the best offensive weapons, especially in terms of protecting their quarterback, regardless of the injury to Mariota. Um, I didn't. I, yeah, well. I didn't see the Watson um, breakout coming, so it does kind of change things. But I'm going to stick with the Titans, dependent on Mariota coming back. One more thing I'll say: the Jags will never get a better opportunity to win a division. Absolutely yeah, agree. One hundred percent. Absolutely yeah. agree. Yeah. Like they've got the Rams this weekend. You know, I think they. I, I, I'm going to go with the Jags on that game. So they could be four and two, but in the next this weekend. Yeah. So they'll never get a better opportunity. Yeah, it will come down. I think you're absolutely right to the divisional games yeah. and the the slugfests there. Um, Mariota, as we called out at the start of the season, actually has a terrible record in divisional games. Andrew Luck, of course, has a fantastic record. So uh, that might be the tip- tipping point. Um, talking of the NFC, uh, sorry, AFC South, Titans at the Dolphins, both coming off ugly, ugly games, and this was an ugly one too. 16-10 ultimately for the Dolphins. There is still a missing persons report out on whether or not someone can find Matt Castle's ability to play an NFL quarterback. The drop-off from Mario to, to him is absolutely scary. Uh, this was the Dolphins' home opener. Jay Cutler did bring them back and throw a fourth-quarter touchdown to win the game. Uh, but I saw a great comment during the week that the Dolphins are basically paying Jay Cutler $10 million for his uh, occasional interest, which I thought was a lovely way of putting it. Yeah, again, with the Titans, unfortunately, until they get Mariota back, it's yeah. it's a struggle for them because they just don't have a good enough quarterback. Um, and people are kind of wondering, why didn't they bring in Kaepernick? Why didn't they bring in the likes of these um, free agent quarterbacks that are better than Matt Castle? Mm-hmm. And there's no denying it. Um, Kaepernick. Yeah, Kaepernick is he, he is a better quarterback. Like You can't be much worse than Matt Castle. So, um, yeah, and Jay Cutler, 
just yeah what a man to be making that sort of money for yeah. <laughs> just turning up every now and again and that was, that was the reason why I picked it off last weekend I wasn't convinced but I just had no faith in Castle to win the yeah. game yeah, and yeah. you said that, yeah. Um, and the Dolphins' defense did kind of slow down the Titans' running game, which I, you know, I had a bit more faith in than possibly I should have had. Um, Dolphins going forward, they might improve. Obviously, the coaches have to spend a bit more time in the office. Uh, one in particular might didn't get back to the office after a certain video appeared. 20 years' experience in the NFL. Second, second highest paid assistant coach in the league. He's on something like two point five million a year. Ridiculous amount of money. But yeah. Obviously, that's where he's going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least we know where he's going. The, the offensive line of the Miami has been had his employment terminated after yeah. a video appeared of him uh, snorting a white powder. Yeah, uh, where his face was fi- clearly visible, and it was seemed to be filmed in the Miami Dolphins. No, no, it's been, it's been confirmed. It, it has was, been confirmed. It confirmed. Yeah. It was in. I, I, I think there's more to the because again, the, um, a few of the NFL. Uh, journalists out there that we follow have put up stories basically saying like to be one of these coaches as in a lot goes into this guy's lived away from his family since 2000 and I think they said 2007 or 2006 due to obviously you know having to move around as, yeah. it, as is the case with the NFL so he's in, there's a lot of pressure with the job he is regarded as probably one of the best um, O-line, coaches. O-line coaches in the game apparently he's brought on the careers of numerous current head coaches as well that are in the league so it's just unfortunate Um yeah, it, like to take a video of yourself and send it on to uh, a so-called hooker in um, <laughs> Vegas, apparently, uh, who then decided not the, for not the, the, not the brightest no, and then who decided a lady who isn't his wife. Yeah, okay, we'll we put go. it as that. But who decided to, uh, for the betterment of um, the the game, should you know disclose it to the media? So. Um, when, you, when you did see it, you see first of all it looked like it was something of a film, and the second yeah. of all you see him, he's either in Vegas for a weekend or it's a boy week, or he's <laughs> gone away somewhere with his friends. No, he's he, in the facilities. He was heading. Yeah. He was heading into a meeting the next one, apparently. So <laughs> I, I, I'd love to have seen what that meeting was like. Well, well, well of course, of course, it was only a white substance. It could have been flour, gentlemen. Ah, could we have can't. Been. We can't know whatsoever. But yeah. he has been removed from office and won't Oof. get back into the offices. Yeah. Um, right, we've got to cover all the games of the weekend. Chargers at Giants. Chargers won twenty-seven twenty-two. Look. Brian, before we get on to this game, I know you bleed for the NFL and for the Giants in particular. I have to say this was probably the most unfortunate game I've ever seen. To have four top wide receivers knocked out, three of which now have been lost for the season. You actually had in back-to-back plays, OBJ clearly gone, like gone for the season. And the very next play, uh, Melvin Ingram getting the trifecta against Manning. Sack, forced fumble, fumble recovery. I mean, like, do you need a hug? (laughs) Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Can, okay. I, can, can I just say as well, I did call this result. That's not going to help that answer just, in the moment. Just, just saying. Th- to be honest, there's not much more really to say on the Giants at the moment. As you said, we've lost four players, you know, four key players on, on offense. The center is now out. Since last weekend, there's been a big disgruntlement within the camp. Um, there was an argument on Sunday on the sideline between DRC, Dominic Rose, Cromartie, and the head coach, McAdoo. McAdoo at this stage looks like the deer in the headlights. He looks completely lost, lost in what he's doing. Um, DRC left the left on Tuesday during a, during a set during a training session. The first day back after the game, they've since uh, suspended him. They've now confirmed they've suspended him for a minimum of four games. Like if he wants to turn the season around, you need as many as your best players available as possible. Which there's only a handful left. I'd, I'd counter that. We were praising the Jets last week in terms of getting rid of Richardson and Revis, who might have been, uh, you know, uh, bad influences in the dressing room. And if that's DRC's attitude, does not turn up. 
after a heartbreaking loss and losing oh, no, his key players. He was off on Monday. He turned up on the next day. He had an argument with him on the sideline during the game. He took him Sorry, I thought you said he didn't turn up. No, he, for did, the turn up. he did turn up for practice. And then there was a further argument because they tried to resolve the issue that happened on Sunday during the game. But then, okay, he's going to have a massive argument during a game, heartbreak game like that. A massive argument when he gets back to the facility. Is McAdoo not taking the same line that Bowles took? And say, so we don't need that influence in the dressing room. But this is lingering for a while because a lot of Giants fans have said, does McAdoo actually have the respect in the dressing room? There was a lot of conversations maybe at the time that Spagnuolo was probably the better choice because, okay, he didn't do very well at the Rams, but he still coached in the league. So he understood the whole coaching concept letting other people do their jobs where McAdoo just won't give up the play calling like mm. it's clear that a fresh set of eyes is needed on the offense because it's just the same lethargic calls game after game it's literally conservative all the time apart from the odd long ball in like the touchdown to Beckham last weekend he was quite fortunate he was going down on his knees he was getting pulled down managed to get the ball out of his hands and Beckham was 10 yards open, that was because it was a bust look, coverage. Look, for, the sake, for the sake of football, I hope he and uh, Marshall and all the wide receivers recover um, to full fitness again. Um, it is shocking how you've gone from an 11-5 great season with full optimism to an 0-5 start. Yeah. Gordo, be nice. It's hard to be. Um, like fair, Eli Manning hasn't tried to come out this time with uh, positivity saying we're still a great team or anything like that. He just said we're on to the, the Broncos next game. Um, so, yeah, look... I think what the, they, what the Giants need and what they want is they need to finish the season with zero wins, get that first pick in a draft, and change their quarterback. Um, oh, okay. I think that's the. Si- don't I, I th- hold back. No, I think. But I, well, he's thirty six years old now, Eli Manning. As in, do you if you don't do it now, which is this is your best season's chance to actually get the number one pick in the draft. Just say they improve next few years, they're not going to come close to being able to draft a quarterback that is. Regard and, and this next the next quarterback class is supposed to be one of the best in the last few years. So Rosen uh, and Donald both coming out are going to be yeah. So I, I do I actually do agree with Gordon. So there pe- has to be a time. Sorry, there has yeah. to be a time where you have to make a, a decision which is right for the team going forward. And as much as Eli is a good quarterback, he he may well be still a good quarterback somewhere else for a couple of years. But then let me take it to another point. I know Gordon mentioned this before off the pod. You know, do you trade Eli Manning? And if you do, well, I've just because again, I I heard the rumors that Jacksonville, because again, Tom Coughlin is the general manager or whatever his title is there, that that might be a destination to go replace Blake Bortles and maybe continue the run that the Jags are doing at the moment. Eli Manning in his contract has a no trade clause. Apparently, so he has to approve it. Apparently his family are very settled where they're living. They've just bought a place in the Hamptons. And unlike Peyton, apparently he's not wired the same. He doesn't want to move. He's never seen himself playing for any other team. So I think what could happen is the Jay Cutler situation where maybe he retires. Um, maybe if that's the simple case, because if they draft a quarterback and he's sitting as the second rate, second uh, yeah. quarterback, I don't see him being drafted. He'd, he'd be leaving a lot of money on the table mm. for his last yeah. two years of contract. Um, just on the Jags thing, I don't necessarily think it'll happen during the season. Cause it, like, that's well, not, well, it can. Th- it can't. No trade thing. Yeah, but if they, if they did overcome that and he did go to the Jags, I would say the model that the Jags are working on is something along the lines of what the Denver did. They knew they had a good defense. You can see that the Jags are building a very good defense. Peyton Manning to come in and manage. Mm-hmm. game management and progress them to the playoffs and ultimately they won a Super Bowl and that's probably the same logic that the Jags are looking at Bortles really isn't the answer it's game management game after game but Eli's probably going to be a better game management even at yeah. 26 than Bortles will ever be yeah yeah. So true that's, true um, that's, that's on the Jags side of things but that's on the Jags side of things for the Giants you, you've got another 11 games to get through and I'm sorry you brought but in three we'll wide receivers off, off the street I was yeah. on there with my toe out but they didn't take me I, in so. I, I would have loved to have seen um O'Leary uh, taking a catch from Manning, yeah? No, uh, o- Ochocinco and... 
who else Didn't, stuck there? Stuck oh no, up their Terrell hands. Owens. Terrell, Terrell Owens, Owens and, and Ultra Single both put out tweets on Instagram saying, guys, bring me in. And I've seen, I follow, uh, if, if you're on Instagram, it's worth following Ultra Single. The man is as fit as a fiddle playing a bit of uh, soccer at the moment for Amer- American listeners. But um, he's, yeah, I, <laughs> at this stage, why not? They've upgraded a practice squad player and they brought in Tavares King who was there all last year. Yeah, you've yeah, got so. you've got eleven games to get through. I'm look. I also looked at your upcoming schedule. That's tough. We've got and, uh, except yeah. for the 49ers away uh, and the Cards away, I don't see a game which you'll be favoured in. I mean, in fact, the 49ers are the only current sub 500 team left on your schedule. Well, I think we could have a. I think we'd beat the Rams at home, despite how good the Rams are so far this season. That's the week after the bye. They'd have two weeks coming back. Players can freshen up, get players back from injury on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. But, uh, but look, uh, an awful week for the Giants. They also lost, sadly, uh, YA title, title, Sorry, who was one of the uh, uh, key Giants quarterbacks back in the pre-NFL days uh, and one of the forerunners of the uh, passing offense. Won the first people to score seven touchdowns, seven passing touchdowns in the game. One of a very limited number of people. Uh, moving quickly on, Cardinals at the Eagles. Going to talk about the Eagles again because they played last night, recording slightly later this week. But uh, Eagles won this one going away, 34-7. Wentz is rolling. The game was over in the first quarter. Eagles were up 21-0. Long ball was working well. You know, upwards and onwards, the birds fly high. There isn't a really lot to say about this one. It was 21-0 to the end of the first quarter. The Cardinals are what we expect them to be. They can't keep, they can't can't keep, keep Palmer up. Um, yeah. yeah, it was a handy win. Yeah, Gordo? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just didn't see it coming. Um, there was just some bad results, and that was one of them this week. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I so know the Eagles. The Eagles are rolling and kicking off, but coming to bad results, you think I'm probably going to go into the next game? Jaguars at the Steelers, thirty to nine in favour of the Jags. Neil Reynolds actually earlier in the week nicked my line. Uh, Big Ben is under renovations. Uh, the bell was rung five times last week, but it was for the other side. A five-interception performance by Ben Roethlisberger. And the Jaguars, powered particularly by Leonard Fournette and a strong run game, won this one running away. Yeah, um, it's just unfortunate. I'm a Steelers fan. I'm a big Ben fan. And just to see, I think it's his joy for the game seems to have um, disappeared lately. And the five interceptions, like one or two of them, were just really, really good defensive plays. Um, I think Jalen Ramsey uh, got an interception, which was a spectacular, spectacular catch. So, yeah, fi- on paper, it looks like five interceptions, really bad. But I think two or three were really, really good defensive plays. But, um, yeah, Big Ben came out afterwards and said, maybe I'm done. Um, yeah. Which is not what you want to hear. Your, <laughs> your co- fan, you, don't, you don't want to hear, hear your quarterback saying that. Um, Antonio Brown still looks like the best wide receiver in the game with some of the plays... Nobody can really mark him. It's just at the moment, him and Big Ben just don't seem to be on the same wavelength at the moment. Le'Veon Bell looks like the whole of it has done more than uh, than we thought. Well, mm-hmm. more than I thought. I, I yeah. know both of you guys felt that it would hurt him during the season. I didn't think it would be as bad, but no, it seems to have hurt him quite badly. Bryant hasn't come back as strong as I thought he would. I thought he would be better on the deep routes. Um, just him and Big Ben still haven't connected probably on those. But again, I think there's a trust issue between Big Ben and Bryant because... He was one of those people that advocated not to bring him back and not to have him on the team after all of the, the history there. So, yeah, and then everything with um, the the anthems the last few, it just seems like the Steelers at the moment are just going through a phase that nobody wants to see. But, yeah. But still 3-2, and two, yeah. still top of the AFC North. So. Oh, there's still, there's still, it's, it's not, the season's not dead and gone yet. Um, but it's just, 
it it'll depend to see how Big Ben turns up for this weekend. Um, yeah. To to go from that result, see what can you turn it around? Absolutely. Just on the other side of the coin, it was a very impressive win for the Jags. Bear in mind the Steelers' problems; it's still very difficult to quit the Heinz Field and win. But the game management side of things with Bortles, he he threw for fourteen throws in the entire game, eight checkdowns to Fournette, and Fournette was handed off to twenty-eight times. Yeah. So they clearly know Fournette's the guy to win us the games, or at least make sure we don't lose the game on offense. Um, put the and Fournette closed them out with yeah. the 90-yard run, um, very which was huge yeah. for fancy fans or people betting on him. Yeah. Fournette actually is scoring touchdowns to beat the band. Like, there's a few players if you go if you're a fan of any time touchdown bets, yeah, like keep, Fournette, missing that one. We'll have to get back McCaffrey, Zach Ertz of the Eagles, yeah. key three players I'd say to look out for. Um, for just to make you feel better, Gordo, that that uh, performance by Big Ben is the equal 51st worst of all time in terms of number of interceptions play, play, uh, thrown in a particular game. I'm going to give either of you boys a bag of coconuts if you can tell me either of the two players who both did that last year. Quiz time. Uh, Blake Bortles has to be one of them. Nope. Oh. Carson Palmer. No, he did have a game with four. It was close. It, it, sorry, the reason I ask it, it surprised me. The first one was Matt Barkley for the Bears, and it was that moment where I went, oh yeah, he did play for the Bears it, last season. It wasn't season. Osweiler, was it? No, the other one's even more surprising. Russell Wilson versus oh. the Packers coming yeah. into December. Both were in December last year. Sorry, it was literally I saw that and I thought, oh, that's surprising. Yeah. Anyway, um, hopefully Big Ben does, uh, does bounce back uh, from Gordon's perspective, but not a good weekend for 2004 drafted quarterbacks. No, very uh, Except Philip Rivers. Um, Ravens at the Raiders, 30-17 for the Ravens. We talked about the Titans couldn't overcome Mariota's absence. The Raiders couldn't overcome Derek Carr's absence. Flacco to Wallace went deep twice, which really got him rolling, and Jimmy Smith took a fumble back to the house. Uh, the fumble return actually was key because it put them 14-0 up after only four minutes in. And the Raiders just didn't have enough to come back, Brian. Yeah, I suppose we flagged our concerns last weekend that Derek Carr being out was a huge loss for the Raiders. Um, when we all selected the Raiders, we felt that EJ Manuel would still have enough just to kind of in terms of game management. But you're right, I suppose the game plan was out the window after four minutes. The opening drive, you say a big long bomb by Flacco, the Ravens convert on a touchdown. And then the very first drive by the Raiders. Sorry, the very first drive, yeah, very first drive of the Raiders. They're, they're fumbling and it's 14 0 before you know it. Got back into the game, but they were always chasing and. The Ravens just played a control game. The thing is, what we've said all along is if the Ravens' offense plays well, that leads to victories. It's funny you're saying that that game was triggered on the first drive. Another game we look at, the Seahawks at the Rams, which the Seahawks won 16-10. Kind of uh, story was told in the first drive again as well. The Rams weren't quite ready for, uh, for prime time. Now, they didn't completely fall apart. They did take a 10-0 lead ultimately. But you saw the first drive. They had a great drive. They forced a punt from the Seahawks. They had a great drive down the field. Todd Gurley, you think he's gone in from 12 yards for a touchdown. In fact, he hadn't. Hadn't broken the plane, fumbled through the end zone, and it's a touchback Seattle ball, and you just felt it's not going to be their day. Yeah, it was, um, again, they're both 3-2. and two, um, So I think the Seahawks, again, they're on a two-win winning streak at the moment, which is important for them because, again, they had a bit of a slow start, which I don't think any of us here expected to happen with the Seahawks. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Russell Wilson and the offense this season in uh, Seattle not being what it used to be. And just that maybe there's flaws that have been hidden for quite a while. Offensive line is atrocious. They still haven't fixed. Sorry, it's, that's it's, the key one. Yeah, well, the offensive line, but it, it, people are now starting to point fingers at Russell Wilson, saying that he's not the quarterback that maybe he was two, three years ago. So, again, I don't think you can put all the blame on the offensive line. It doesn't help when you're 
having to run uh, 24-7 up in Seattle. But uh, the Rams, I think they're still doing a good job. I think a 3-2 and two is a successful first five games for Sean McVay and for Goff at quarterback. So I don't think they have anything to complain. They they ran it close, but they just didn't, weren't good enough against Seattle for this game. Those two Seahawks defeats, in fairness to them, was away to the Packers and away to the Titans. So I mean, they're very strong teams this season. And uh, but I, I picked the Seahawks last week purely because I felt Pete Carroll's Wiley old fox, and you've got a new head coach on the other side, and I just felt that he would he put a game plan together to kind of slow down that offense and give the Seahawks enough to go and win the game. And like they didn't, they only score one touchdown in the game. The yeah, Seahawks yeah, three yeah. field goals. But again, even on the last drive, the Rams had an opportunity to win it, and the defense still stepped up. So it's a big win in the division in terms That's of huge win in the forward. division in relation. Yeah, yeah. but I, th- I think we all kind of said Sean McVay has kind of um, changed the offensive plan to suit Goff. So again, if you're coming up against someone like Pete Carroll, he's going to figure out how to do it because it's how to attack that. It is very plan. limited in what Goff can and can't do. Look, I, I still if the first drive had been different and Gurley had gone in or even gone down to one and they'd had a chance, maybe it would all have been different. But uh, it, it reminds me actually, I, I'm so anti the Seahawks offensive. I have to say, I do still think they're five strangers on on a field any given time. There was a story during the year about Joe Thomas of the Browns one time having to introduce him himself to his quarterback when he came on the, the field. It was like, hello, I'm, I'm Joe Thomas. Uh, for me, it's like the Seattle offensive line every day. The guards and the center turn around to me. Hi, how are you doing? Nice to meet you. So we'll see. Okay, another quiz question. Who is the MVP of the season so far? Kareem, Kareem Hunt. No. Gordon? Is this, a, is this an opinion? No, no, this is a fact. Just... Deal with it. Oh, this is based on stats that you have or something. Okay. Probably. Um, I'm going to go with Alex Smith. That's the correct answer. Yeah. Chiefs at the Texans. Alex Smith, unbelievably, is... Just Mr. Consistent. Kareem Hunt, absolutely rookie of the year. But Alex Smith has been playing lights out. And the Chiefs at the Texans was a 42-34 win for the Chiefs. Any other time prior to the season, you're talking about a turgid, defense-driven type of game. This is an all-singing, all-dancing, attack, attack, attack game. Very entertaining. Uh, Chiefs just had too many weapons. Watson was good. Definitely rookie of the year. Hunt had another 100-yard game. But Alex Smith, 29-37, 324 yards for three touchdowns. He has been lights out, using the weapons well and at the right time. Yeah, another player was stepping up as well. West had two touchdowns last weekend, two receiving touchdowns, where everybody's talking about Kareem Hunt going into the game. Another running back steps up with two touchdowns. Absolutely. Texans didn't help them losing J.J. Watson early in the game. The game plan defensively was completely gone out the window. And Merciless gone as well, and they're both gone for the season. Yes, yeah, so tough on them. And then even the score is not really reflective. I mean, there was a garbage time, garbage time touchdown and a two-point conversion by the Texans. So it looks a lot closer than it actually was. The Chiefs were well in control by halftime in that game. Absolutely. There's only one other team that has scored more points than the Chiefs this year. Do you know who? Oh, I should know. Chris it's time at Mark, it's not yeah. the, is it the Jaguars? Because they got their 51-point win against the Raiders. It's not. It's the Eagles. Um, yeah, so the Chiefs... Oh, uh, well, hang on a second. Is it counting the Eagles game last night? Yes. No. Okay, okay, so no. there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Te- technically, yes. So. Um, but yeah, the Chiefs just here with Alex Smith, they've just got, again, he's just Mr. Consistent. He's not the most flashiest quarterback in the league, um, but he's not doing anything wrong. Like that, that's, that's just it. Yeah. You don't need to be the top five quarterback. You just need to play with consistency. And, and we all kind of said he was a bore at the start of the season. It's the decision-making. He, he has all the throws. He has the legs as well to, to run for a couple of third downs. Which so I didn't realize until I started seeing him this year getting out of the pocket a little bit. I didn't think he was as fast as he was. The, the classic game for run for Smith, uh, if you want to YouTube, it, is actually when he was a 49er. 
and it was the playoff game against, against the Saints. Saints. And yeah. they were about to call it the wrong because he does a bootleg and runs for about 21 yards. And for and a touchdown, wasn't it? It was for a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then you had that mad finish where Breeze were, uh, threw for a touchdown and then Smith came back down the field to Vernon Davis for a touchdown yeah. in the last second, basically. The Giants beat him in the next game. They did. And then they beat someone else in the Super Bowl, I think. Yeah, just just, just thought you'd throw that in again. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, Smith has wheels and he's performing well. And, I, you know, I don't think it's even close at the moment. He is the MVP so far. The Chiefs remain unbeaten uh, and a very scary place to go. Arrowhead during the playoffs if they keep it up. It's all well and good, though. Can they keep it to the end of the season? Like, it, you know, well, it's, it's exactly. You want to play good in December and January? Not necessarily. Yeah, Divisional games are going to be crucial. Yeah. 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 Are they going too quick is the, is the worry, but hopefully so not. Very quickly, like two quick uh, last games to mention. Vikings at the Bears was Monday Night Football. 2017 in favour of the Vikings. We didn't actually... The Vikings were very disjointed. We didn't give enough credit last week. We should have mentioned the sad loss of Dalvin Cook for the year, their rookie running back who started on the Blitz. Uh, McKinnon seemed to fi- feel the hole well enough. Bears played tough. Trubitsky definitely has something about himself and did well. But I actually want to raise the point that the, the QB issue is more on the other side. So you have this strange scenario now where Sam Bradford started the game, didn't look right, still looked injured, uh, replaced again, and remarkably for the second time, the backup quarterback did actually perform well. But after the Packers game next week... Teddy Bridgewater is entitled to come off PUP and you could have two starting quarterbacks competing for the game. Again, n- and both of which are out of contract in 2018 as well. There's no way they even attempt to play Bridgewater anytime soon. Like to come off the... Because in- apparently it was one of the worst ACLs. It wasn't ACL he did. Yeah. One of the worst ACLs they've seen in a long, long time. And, and his recovery has proven that. Uh, it's been a lot longer than normal. Yes. Um, is there an unluckier quarterback than Sam Bradford out there? Um, like... Now again, does he really care because he's making so much money? Exactly. Which I suppose I think he's the high. Is he the highest? He's paid? made the, the quarterback one of the quarterbacks made the, the, the most, most money, money of all time because he was on the old, the pre- old, rookie yeah, pre rookie contract. Uh, but Stafford will be challenging him as well. Yeah, but as in, um, yeah, Bradford just doesn't look the same. So we'll see. Two weeks time, Brian, Case Keenum, Sam Bradford, or Teddy Bridgewater. Case Keenum. Yeah, okay. I, I'm gonna go with Case Keenum. Um, I, I heard an interesting one on the Vi- on the Vikings. They've given up, I think three draft first round draft picks on quarterbacks in the last few years yeah which just is a huge chunk of draft change to give away for still not having it now again if teddy bridgewater hadn't got injured would he, he would still be talking about him as the franchise quarter. i want teddy to come back in because i believe in redemption stories so. i, I I'm, I'm saying that from it from the season's point of view keep it consistent you know if you lose with the quarterback fine next game if they keep swapping and changing like they did it's not going to work. But with Bradford and Bridgewater both being out of contract at the end of the season, do you not need to see, like particularly with Bridgewater, do you not need to see can he come back? Because what no, are you going to well do I in? Well, I don't think I don't I, believe I, you do. Yeah, because okay. I don't. Because I don't think Bradford's. I think Bradford's proven he can't stay injury free anyway. So yeah. I think if you're going to take a chance on one of them, you're going to take it on the the man you drafted, not on the 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 quarterback you brought in as cover who has proven why he's been why he was available because yeah. he kept getting injured. One last game to talk about. We're recording slightly late this week. So we're recording Friday. So last night's game was Thursday Night Football. Eagles at the Panthers. Eagles took this 28-23. I know we talked about Carson Wentz earlier. He certainly is the real deal. Eagles at 5-1 and one certainly are the real deal. And I watched the game last night because I have a young child who decided he wanted to be up most of the evening. Well, um, uh, And my God, the front seven. They were immense for the Eagles. They dominated the Panthers. Uh, 
Newton had three picks and probably could have had about another five. And the running backs, Whitaker and Stewart, had nine carries for minus seven yards. They just could not get anything running. Great away win for them. And a very sad injury to Luke Keekley coming out with another concussion, his third in three years, which could have long-term repercussions for him. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to sit down and really watch this game yet, but uh, I'm just delighted for Carson Wentz. I'm a huge fan of him. I think he's potentially one of those quarterbacks that we could be still talking about in 10, 10 12 years. As in, yeah. He looks like he's going to be one of those um, uh, quality, consistent, injury-free quarterbacks. Um, yeah, uh, I just feel for Luke Keekley because whenever you talk, you hear about him and how highly he's regarded. But unfortunately, concussion is concussion, and it's one of these ones that another one could you know, call the end of his career. Yeah. In particular, Fletcher Cox, he was, wasn't expected to play last night. He was on the injury list and he played and he said the front seven, it, it was the most chases Cam has ever experienced in one game, 25 chases in one game. And he said the front seven, the pu- they just collapsed the pocket. It was, it was Every time. It was, yeah. it was very, very impressive. But Cam still did have the opportunity to win the game at the end. He was just very inconsistent last night in their interception towards, towards the end when they were driving to win the game. Yeah, but I still think the Eagles want to come back. They had they had enough, they on had it, enough yeah. and there were, there were a few little yeah. breakdowns. Um, anyway, other little random hates, loves, other random points? I've got another quiz question for you. Go on. So Tom Brady became the fifth highest 40-year-old in terms of touchdown passes at the weekend, which just shows how few quarterbacks last over 40 years of age. Any idea on the top three? The LA Ram, what's his name, um, who won the Super Bowl with the what LA Rams? Nick, uh, Warner. Warner. Nope. Warner retired at, before 40. Retired at Vinny Testaverde. T- Vinny Testaverde comes in at number three. Drew Bledsoe? No. No, you're missing the obvious, uh, shall we say, Wrangler Brett James. Favre. Yeah, Brett Favre. Yeah. And the other one, going back to Brian's time more than yours, Gordo. Yeah, that probably is. Give me the team. Texans. No. The Texans? Yeah, it was. Warren Moon. Oh, what a meal. We're used to Niners. If you th- if we yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. I, t- I, I was Oilers. I was thinking of Houston. I, t- I think Warren, I think used to Niners and I think Warren Moon. Yeah. Show I, me age again. And, and, and I know are. Warren Moon because I've watched NFL films because obviously that is clearly well before my time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted to mention two other things I loved. Uh, Leonard Fournette at one point in the series game, they were up 29, going on a run, waving at Mike Mitchell to come and take him on. It was real, you know... Karate Kid style, you know, come and have some of this. And two of the prettiest plays you will see all season long. Uh, The Bears, two-point conversion. Best play I've seen all season. Beautiful play. Beautiful play design and beautiful execution. And uh, the Panthers, actually, uh, the week before last, uh, before the Thursday game. um, Jet sweep coming across from left. Uh, Christy McCaffrey slipping out on the right Perfect and Newton goal. having a triple option effectively against yeah. two defenders. A beautiful play, beautifully designed, well run. Do you know what I disliked last weekend? What? Tony Romo. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you would have loved it last night. Uh, because no, no, no. There was one last night where Tony Romo said, um, what did he say? I can't remember, but he literally called out three options of the play. And he got one And right. it was, comp- no, it was completely something separate. Ah, that's like, great We're news. We're going to see, they're going to do this, are they going to do this, are they going to do this. Well, he's he's, he's actually creating conversations now because I've seen this. He's, he's not there to have a conversation, he's there to comment to. No, but I started seeing online people, groups coming together, comparing, figuring oh, out, shit. is Tony Romo a good, good no. commentator? So. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, moving on, let's look at next week. So let's have a rundown of the picks and the uh, categories next week. Thursday night, we've already covered. Let's kick off on the 6 p.m. Sunday games. Chicago Bears at the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, Genie Mac. You just don't know each week with the Ravens. Um, 
it, you just never know because they're they're Jekyll and Hyde. But again, the Bears are Jekyll and Hyde as well. Ravens are at home. I'm going to stick with the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with the Ravens on this. I think Trubisky will bring them close, but I just do things too soon for him. Uh, yeah, I I want to go with the Bears because I don't I, trust I, the Ravens, but I, I like yourselves. I'm going to go with the Ravens in this one. Cleveland Browns, Gordo, at the Houston Texans. Not a chance, unfortunately, yeah. So Texans all the way for this one. Texans in a blowout. Deshaun Watson takes it home. Detroit Lions at the New Orleans Saints. So we have Matt Stafford and his big contract against Drew Brees, who's coming to the end of his contract. This comes down to which def- defense I trust more. And the answer that is Lions. Sorry, that, that, you're you're right there. And on that basis, I think it'll be a high-scoring game, which most of them are these days with the Lions. Yeah. But I think Stafford will do enough to win the game. I think teams struggle when they go to New Orleans. Um, just they don't travel, and I'm going to go with the, the New Orleans Saints. You're going to go with the Saints. I'm going to take the Lions as well. I've too much trust in their defense. Even last week, obviously when they lost, you know, to keeping the other team to 16 points is still a good achievement. So they are performing well. Uh, they are, sorry, getting mixed up on games. They are performing well and they will do enough even though they, they didn't get the win last week. Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings, who we've talked about in the controversy, but Brian? Yeah, we touched on it earlier in the show. Uh, the Packers, it's a, it's a tough divisional game, but I, I mean, the momentum is with Rodgers at the moment. And as we just again touched on, there's a lot of contra- uh, quarterback issues with the Vikings. Packers to win. Yeah, I think without a consistency of quarterback, I think there can only be one winner, Packers. Yeah, Case Keenum's done surprisingly well with the Vikings, but it's not going to be enough. No. Packers for me, even though it's a tough divisional away game. Dolphins at the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons haven't been consistent this so far this season with some surprising losses mixed in. But for me, they're going to have more than enough for the Dolphins. I have them winning comfortably. Yeah, I've got the Dolphins on this one. Um, sorry, I've got the Falcons. Sorry, Dolphins. I've got the Falcons on this one. I did say um, Falcons, didn't I? Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> you confused me there. Yeah, I just don't think Jay Cutler can do it for them. Or I just don't think the offense for the Dolphins is good enough to go in, especially go to the Falcons. I think they'll uh, pull away handy enough on this one. I think the Dolphins' the offense has been the worst in the league. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. even the 49ers and Giants, albeit they're 0-5, have had reasonably good games on offense. The Dolphins have done nothing. Falcons are coming off their boy. They're at home. It's a blowout for the Falcons. Patriots or Jets? I'll keep it simple. Patriots. I'd love to see the Jets win, despite my legions towards the New York Giants, but unfortunately I think the Patriots will win. I'm actually going to go for the Jets on this one. Um, I think it's a bogey team for the Patriots in the past. Um, and if they win, I will be coming in here singing and dancing next week. Gordo, Gordo thinks that at least four wins are going to be brought back to the MetLife Stadium by one team anyway. Um, 49ers at the Redskins. So, yeah, yeah uh, the Redskins coming off a of bye week. Kirk Cousins, the Redskins quarterback against his next team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the Redskins will win comfortably. Yeah, I think they're going to cover the spread. I think the spread yeah. is between 9 and 11 points, depending on your bookies. Yeah, it's even jumped up it. to 11 and a half in some places. That's how confident they are. Yeah. Especially yeah. coming off a of bye week. Yeah, as well as the 49ers play, I, I, I don't think they have a chance against the Redskins this week. Okay. Interesting one. And you referred to it earlier, Brian. Los Angeles Rams away to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, you know, these teams have true ambitions. This is a real sticking game for both of them. You know, it's a real kind of pivotal game for either of them. I'm buying the Jags on this one. I went with the Hawks last week against the Rams, not convinced. I felt the Rams have to win a big game before we can really say they're potentially a playoff team this year. The Jags are going in a better direction, in my opinion, and they're at home. 
Um, coming off a very big win against the Steelers, Fournette, as you said, is playing lights out. Yes, he is. Back. Um, no, I think the Jags will win. Yeah, I think if I kind of go against the Jags here, I'm basically saying that the Rams are better offensively than the Steelers, which I don't think is the case. So um, I think I'm going to have to go with the Jags in this game. Okay, I disagree with you to you. I think the Rams are going to take this one. I have more faith in Gurley and... Goff. Uh, um, Goff, thank you very much. No Gurley and Goff combined than I do in the combination of Fournette and uh, Bortles. And I think Aaron Donald is going to be a big factor in this game. It is sure. an away game, but I, I, I'm Bortles, more faith in them. Bortles can't lose the games because they're not letting him pass the ball. So. <laughs> As you said, 14 shots last weekend, eight yeah. checkdowns. So. But, but Aaron Donald, uh, if you saw the clip from last week, kind of meeting uh, the Seattle running back, I can't remember which one it was, in the backfield almost after Russell Wilson handed the ball off. He can do that three times a day and, uh, and mix things up in the running game as well. Anyway, I'll go with the Rams and be the lone wolf on that one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Arizona Cardinals. Underachieving versus underachieving, perhaps. Well, we touched on it earlier that the Buccaneers have a very good offense, and it's just a matter of time, we believe, for to get it going. Um, I think this is the right game for them to get it going. Cardinals, they look lost. I know they're two and three, and it looks like they're in a division hunt with the Seahawks, but they're not really. They're just they're the shadow of the team they were. If they want to be in that division, they have to win this game. Yeah. There is no question. Good I think though. this is a great game for the Bucs to win. Bucs will win. Yeah, I think this is the game for Winston to come back and maybe do what we said he needs to do, which is click with his receiving core. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bucs. Yeah, I'm with the Bucs as well, in fairness. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers at the Oakland Raiders. The battle for California continues. Uh, like you would just hope that, well, yeah, it, with the Raiders, it's when your quarterback isn't there, it's just like uh, EJ Manuel um, just isn't doing it for them. So, um, Derek Carr's going to play. Is he going to play? Yeah. But is he like? Is he fit? I'm not saying he's fit, but he's going to play. Jack Del Rio said he's playing this weekend. Yeah, if he if he plays and he stays healthy and he's actually close to it, then it changes everything. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. You're going with the Raiders, Brian. Going with the Raiders because I believe Carr will play and they're good enough to beat the Chargers. I'm going with the Chargers because I don't believe they've actually been as bad as their record indicates. But God knows they'll probably find a way of throwing it away in the fourth quarter. If if EJ Manuel comes on it before or at halftime. The Raiders will lose it, but I'm going to go with the Raiders for now. Okay. The conditional picks. There's no to have them. No, no, Remember? there's, there's I mean, no. You gave it out to me last no, week. No, no, he's not allowed. I <laughs> gave it to him as well. I'm not saying it, but I'm just calling it. I'm just calling it. All right, he's not allowed. It's, he's picked. He's picked. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Gordo, this is two of your four teams as well. Yeah, in there, <laughs> there, thereabouts. Um, I don't know. Can you really stop the Chiefs at the moment? They're on such a good run, and we've just said, like, the MVP, the Rookie of the Year, and then... Big Ben threw five interceptions and didn't have the greatest of games. So, so your pick is? The Kansas City Chiefs. There's two particular games in the first six weeks of the season the Chiefs would have really wanted to be in. Obviously week one because no one gave them a chance to go to Foxborough. And after last year's cruel, cruel defeat in the playoffs week against six. Steelers, they'll be really up for this one. And yeah, Chiefs win 6-0. and I think Chiefs win as well and they'll have the tiebreakers against the likely divisional winners in the Patriots and the Steelers for end of year seeding which will be very important Brian prime time steal for some reason New York Giants <laughs> at the Denver Broncos it's only prime time because next week is the first week that they can oh, no, dis- I know. dislodge games I know but like, I'm still moaning about it um, well you'll be grand you can go to bed you'll have to watch it half one in the morning some of us will have to go through the torture the only way I see the Giants winning is by the fact that the Broncos are dead last in rankings in terms of scoring points in the second half. So you, keep, the Giants you keep saying this. You're, you're, no, you're, you're, you're fighting. I'm just, 
I'm just making a point of how they could win the game. <laughs> uh, let, let me finish. <laughs> but I don't see them living with them in the first half, unfortunately. If they do, they have a chance to win the second half, but I don't see it. I'd imagine the Broncos will have the game one way half time. Yeah, there's not really much else to say about it. I've I have seen no hope from the Giants uh, and the fact that they've lost pretty much their. Of I think they should. <laughs> no hope is a I bit strong. <laughs> I think they'd be better off bringing in Al Pacino's speech on any given Sunday. It's a matter of inches. Games and play that rather than listen to Macazier. Personally, <laughs> I think that'd be the better option. Yeah, I think it's the Broncos' handy enough win for them. Be great if it doesn't happen though, wouldn't it? It would be it would be interesting if it didn't happen. No, yeah. it'd be great from a Pat's perspective. We're just all, take a game off the like ourselves. It's a game for the ages. Broncos and Giants, eighty-six Super Bowl. How's that feel about it? But unfortunately, with the way the Giants are at the moment, it's not going to be any game like that. No, it's not. The Broncos yeah. are going to win this quite comfortably, yeah. and their defense is going to dominate. Particularly as Eli doesn't have a running game and now doesn't have any wide receivers and. Sorry, mate, I can't see past it. It's going to be the Broncos all the way. Last game, AFC South. We said it's tight. This is a really good one for the division, if you like, even though it might not be the most exciting Monday night football game of all time. Indianapolis Colts against the Tennessee Titans. I'd say the Titans are delighted it's actually the Monday night game because it gives them an extra day to get Mariota fit. And all the reports coming out from Mike Malarkey during the week is Mariota's on, on he's progressing well and the likelihood is he will play on Monday. It changes the goalposts in terms of who we're selecting. If he wasn't playing and you're going with Castle again, I would be leaning towards the Colts, but... No conditional picks. The Titans will win. Titans. I'm the Titans. The Indy still doesn't have a run defense. It's the Titans yeah. all the way, guys. Um, as always, we're into the bye week season, so there are a few teams on bye week. We mentioned the Cowboys at the start. Before we close up, better of the week. Anybody got any good bets? I've nothing at the moment, but um, I will definitely put one out on Twitter this afternoon. That's for me. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you what I believe to be the six to one spread bet for the weekend. Uh, yeah. We haven't had one up yet. So uh Texans minus nine and a half to beat the Browns at home. Yeah. Um I do believe the Ravens will cover against the Bears six and a half. And I'm very high on the Jags this weekend against the Rams, albeit it's a very tough game. They're only two and a half, so the, if they win the only to win by a field goal, six to one treble. I, I love it because my treble is actually the Lions with the spread, the pack with the spread. I'm coming with the Rams with the spread, so that's my six to one treble this if week. If I was to pick a single team to win this weekend, bearing in mind the prices, the Bucks are around ten to eleven just to win the game. Even yeah. money, short of even money. It's short of even money. That's a that's a that's a good bet. There's a lot, yeah. awful lot of short price teams this weekend. So yeah, so you're, you're looking for a bit of value. You're all right. Okay, yeah. look, on that note, we will call our final play of the week. Uh, we didn't mention it last week. We had the sad passing of Tom Petty in the week before. And uh, for the unbeaten Chiefs, uh, they still just won't back down. However, for the Giants, Browns and San Francisco 49ers, unfortunately, they are still free-falling. Uh, if you want to catch any of the games during the year and all the games live on a Sunday, you can check out key pubs like the Woolshed on Parnell Street in Dublin. But for now, this has been the Irish NFL podcast brought to you with the 42.ie. Follow us on Twitter at Irish NFL Pod and look for our past episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. We'll talk more football soon, but for now, it's goodbye from Gordon. Goodbye. Goodbye from Brian. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye.